What's going on, folks? Welcome to today's Horizon. Peter from YHH here. We've got, I wouldn't say a heck of a show on tap. We have a show on tap. Let's put it that way. It's rainy outside. We'll keep it uh, keep it low key. We'll keep it cool here. Got a rankings rundown for you. We'll review some big games, look at some big upcoming games, and uh, Todd and I are going to get real, real angry over the NCAA women's hockey tournament. Tune in for the whole shebang. You're going to get the whole show today. Thanks for tuning in. Used to keep it cool, used to be a fool All about the bounce in my step Watch it on the news, what you gonna do I could hit refresh and forget Used to keep it cool Afternoon, Todd, how are you? Shebang! Shebang, shebow. Shebang, I'm really excited about it Even though I look outside and it's a dreary wet day but you know what tomorrow's gonna be sunshine and now everything's gonna be greener my backyard is gonna be all clean this is my favorite weather yeah it's why, why are you why are you yucking my yum i'm not right yucking now. it up I'm you're a, yucking my yum no do you see me smiling over here not really i'm like smiling for smirking. two reasons i'm you're smiling smirking. one because i'm with you obviously nice and two hey ladies and gentlemen welcome to episode nine of season three of her ice where it's a podcast between me todd hauk and peter odney uh, discuss topics focusing on Minnesota girls high school hockey. We also sometimes dive into some college hockey, which today we definitely got a little a little fogger situation. I'm which, filling out my bracket right now. Good. And then uh, we also chat about games, players, hot topics, and anything that's related to the coolest game on ice. And we are podcasting, like Peter had said, live from Studio 1A here in YHH homeland in lovely, rainy Bloomington, Minnesota. Well, we are sponsored probably by Minnesota. Now, here's a cool thing. I want to mention this real quick here. I look at the Minnesota. I'm like, oh, gosh, there's cool stuff. I don't got to get it, and I want to get some stuff. But let me tell you, folks, I went from looking at it uh, last week to today, and it went super green. And I'm talking, well, obviously St. Patrick's Day is coming up, but there is some stuff up there that is eye-popping. Two pieces I want to pop at you real quick. Mind you, they like to celebrate the O'Gara's, good old Irish uh, bar that is no longer with us, but they've got some hats that are super cool. There's one that's called the Dubliner, which is all gray, which just has the uh, Irish colors of white, green, and orange with the Minnesotan logo on there. Tighter than a snare drum. Folks, you got to get on there. 300.00 is the price you're going to pay, but I bet you if you mention YHH, you're going to get 15% off. Did you just compare a hat to a snare drum? I did. Okay. That's an old term, I'll tighter than a it, snare drum. Let it fly. It's a wild Wednesday. Hey, so a, a kudos and thank you to our, our proud sponsor, the Minnesotan, so make sure and check them out. We hope you're proud. TheMinnesotan.com and lovely, even today in a rainy day, I'm sure it's lovely, downtown White Bear Lake. Oh, I bet it. I bet it's just the cutest thing anyone's ever seen. Yes. Well, White hey, Lake. speaking of lovely, let's talk to about some lovely things going on. Like uh, we have got a meaty, thick, Tons of information, tons of good feelings, some tons of information we're going to shoot at you. But the one thing we want to shoot right away is we have got uh, – we're coming up on the end of our girls' high school regular season, and we just – Bums we, me out more than I could ever Oh, describe. not bums you out. It's it's kind of a plateau. You've seen these kids. You've seen these gals skate their, their backs off, and we're getting to the end. So now it's time to recognize some of these players who we feel are some of our potential – finalist for player of the year. And Peter did a great job of writing a great Thank story. Thank you. And we did some interviews. And so, Peter, let's shoot that off. Let's put those POTYs 
out there for everybody to hear. So the player of the year finalists, we'll just go in alphabetical order. That keeps everything objective. Oh, yeah, I think uh, so. Danny Bergen from Chisago Lakes, the junior forward who spent some time with Team USA. Uh, Hannah Chorsky from Edina, a Harvard commit senior. Emma Connor, another senior from Edina. She's committed to Minnesota. Rory Gilday from Minnetonka, senior defender. She is headed to the Ivy League at Cornell. Sophomore Haley Hansen, the youngest player on this list, mm-hmm. a goaltender from Blaine who's got some of the best numbers in the state despite most, facing almost a million shots, just a little bit. Most bubbly of all all the finalists. We've gotten far. some really positive feedback on her interview. People seem to think uh, oh. Haley might have a career. Uh, in front of the camera with a microphone. She could be a sensation on TikTok. I think she's got that right now. She has got a, a great personality. She's got a great attitude. I was going to give her more credit than TikTok. I was going to say she could be on a on a hockey broadcast someday. Oh, yeah. I could see that. That's a great idea. Clicking along, Peyton Hemp, last year's winner. Yes, she's a finalist again. If you complain about that, I will throw my Papermate Inkjoy pen at you. Gino Hendrickson from Warroad. She's headed to Franklin Pierce after this season, one of the highest scorers in world program history. And Vivian Jungles, who could very likely end her career as one of the highest scoring defenders in girls' high school hockey history. She is a junior, and she is committed to Minnesota. Oh, there's one more. Gabby Kraus. Wait. Two more. Oh, there's two more. Gabby Kraus. Whoops. Gabby Kraus from Andover, senior committed to Minnesota Duluth. And Emma Peschel, a defender from Benilde St. Margaret's. Uh, junior who is verbally committed to Ohio State. The. The. the Ohio uh, State University. I think the greatest thing about this is we follow these gals uh, in a media perspective. We talk about these gals in a hockey sense and a reporting sense. And it was so fun to meet each one of these gals as we – you wrote the story. I got to interview them, chat with them a little bit while we did our, our, our videos with Tony. It's so – it's so cool to meet these girls. Like last year when we met, I met Uma. I was like, "Holy mackerel! This gal's got such a great personality. She's such a stand-up person. Uh, she's going to be a she's a, a great adult at this at this age and the maturity level." And so it's, it's fun to kind of get to know each one of these gals a little bit. It was just amazing. And even though I I can come into with such a a private school or my team has been beat by these teams over and over and over, my daughter's teams or teams that I know. But you, I pull for these girls. I, I really, I honestly do. That's what's fun about this is because I look at those and go, oh, my gosh. She was such a delight to talk to. She had great answers. She had a great personality. She came, you know, she came she came dressed in a nice outfit instead of just wearing sweats and a T-shirt, you know, and, and joggers. So it, it, was, it was cool to get to know these girls on the non-hockey side. And they have a passion as every time that we talk to them. So um, it, it's, I love this time of year to get to know all these gals that we got to meet. So It reminds you that they're not just, you know, helmets and gloves on no. the ice. And I think that's something that people lose sight of. As the season gets more and more intense and people start complaining about section seatings or rankings or what have you. I mean, these are real people. And you have you know, and, and we even go even further with that. Sometimes I want to talk hockey with them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we talk about, hey, you know, you know, why did you choose Ohio State? Or hey, are you know, how is your learning going? Are you doing distant learning? Are you know, how is that going? You know, and uh, how are you thinking about your schedule? Do you feel like you've had some strong schedule? Do you you know, what are your personal feelings about? And they're and they're so great because they're so honest, and they just want to have a nice conversation with you because, you know, whether they've been to distant learning or they've just been, you know, in their in their bubbles. So it's kind of nice for them just to have a conversation with you and just say, hey, this is what my life is like. This is how fun hockey is, and they still have that passion. So, um, not not just a hockey player. No, 
No, no, no dumb athletes. I, I really, honestly, I'll put this out there. I think the dumb athlete, um, I don't think that's real. Stereotype, anymore. I think, is going away. I really do. And mind you, I, I know in talking to these gals, and then obviously some of my son's, you know, teammates. I think that dumb jock stereotype is kind of getting pushed aside. It's not what it used to be anymore. Well, when I was in high school, the athletes were always the high achievers in the classroom as well. Well, that was also that was the best at Bernard's, but. Yeah, it's true. Everybody, everybody had a 3.0 at St. Bernard's. Let's uh, let's get real. Let's also move on into some rankings rundown. We've had our uh, our fun talking about how much we enjoy the players, but let's get back to the hockey. Hill Murray's back. Welcome back, Pioneers. 14 day quarantine ended. They played Wyzetta last night. Promptly lost to the Trojans, four to two. That'll probably knock the Pioneers down uh, a little bit in the rankings. Uh, Stillwater is back on the horse. But um, Tiss with three straight wins last week, trying to scrub the memory of the losses to unranked Roseville and Eastridge. But not a ton of change, maybe a little bit in the 8, 9, 10 range and zero changes in Class A. And there probably won't be uh, for the rest of the season. Yeah, the 8, 9, 10 is always the shuffle, which usually, and it's kind of interesting that there hasn't been a South Suburban team there a couple of weeks. Usually I the, just the, think the that the if they spot. went head to head. Sure. That I would take the Northwest Suburban teams. Mm, okay, I know. No, nope. I know. That's all. It might not make sense. And that's that's okay. water cooler talk, which is great about rankings because <laughs> people can just bust it down. So you're saying that Blaine and Centennial, who are not the top tiers of the Northwest Suburban, are nope. better than the number one Burnsville or two Lakeville South? I'm saying if they went head to head, I would bet on the Northwest Suburban Conference teams. Okay. No offense, South Suburban. No. Please don't slash not- my tires. <laughs> Well, we'll talk about that coming up. There might be an opportunity for you. There might be. I'm looking at my car right now. I don't see anyone lurking near it. So, Not yet. Hopefully the tires are fine. We'll move on into some uh, some game reviews. Yeah, some big games going up. and We had four games we talked about last week. So I'm going to throw the first one over to Peter because this one he saw in person, Owatonna at Northfield. And full disclosure, I did not plan on going to this game. Uh, I was looking at the schedule. It was kind of a light night for girls' high school games, and the best game of the night on paper was Northfield Owatonna. It was a couple of teams that we hadn't seen play this season, so I uh, I took my 2013 Ford Edge with only 31,000 miles on it down to Owatonna. Got to see Four Seasons Arena. Got to admit, it's kind of a sleepy game. There wasn't a, a lot of crowd atmosphere. There wasn't a lot of noise in the building. Uh, Northfield comes out with a 4-1 to win. They outplayed the Huskies throughout the entire game. I have two apologies to make, though. No, oh, three apologies. Three of for them. For Northfield pronunciations. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, shout out to Mr. Seegert from the Northfield Banham A team for letting me know. Word. It is not. Wait. Yep. I wrote these down. He's getting upset. Oh, there it is. Uh, so it's not. Gosh dang it. It's Maleka or Malika. It's Malika. Malika, because it's like Maggie Malika. That's how we're remembering. Maggie Malika and Grace Makoshin. Yes. Makoshin, not Makoshin. No. Or is it Koshin? I don't even remember. Dang it. And then it's uh, Ayla Puppy, not Isla. So those are my three apologies. I butchered the living heck out of those apologies. But uh, my bad for mispronouncing your name, ladies. Hey, um, that's that's okay because sometimes we make mistakes. I don't know if you guys know this, but me and Peter are not perfect by any means. I'm making a note to clean up the pauses in uh, post-edit after this. Okay. 
Um, I'm, I'm going to try not to pause during this next segment as we're going to move to our next. Oh, by the way, we also talk a little bit about who won this one. So in that case, it was a 4-1 victory yeah, for North the Raiders. I'm just saying score-wise. Closest <laughs> to the pin we're talking about. So Todd picked this one 2-1, to one and Peter picked it 2 to nothing. So Dang it. I, technically, I think I won that as closest to. I'm never going to Vegas. We got three more opportunities, so don't don't shed a tear for me yet. <laughs> All right, so next game we're going to uh, chat up real quick is about the world traveling to Brecken. I don't say handily beating them, but I think for the most part um, – they did come away with a victory. They did come off a little bit slow. They did uh, allow Breck to kind of jump out to a quick lead uh, as Breck was leading 3-1 to one after the first period, but then Warold woke up. Big reason behind it because was the Henderson duo. Um, uh, Talia, hope I'm saying that. I think it's Talia. And Gino, they both had a goal and uh, two goals. And the, Gino assisted on Talia. So that, um, and that made it 4-3 after two. And then Breck did score to tie it up by Ava Lindsay, but then Warold scored. Uh, two more to finish it off, especially the the nail in the coffin, if you would, by uh, Rihanna Smith with uh, at the sixteen forty four mark. So um, a nice, pretty clean game. Only three penalties in this game, so that was a nice aggressive. Um, and uh, Talia had the two goals, like I said, Gino had the two assists. Uh, Madison Laverne or Lavergne, she had a goal and three assists for the Warriors. Uh, high point getter for the Breck uh, Mustangs was Ava Lindsay with uh, two goals. Uh, and otherwise, they kind of got shut down a little bit. Uh, Kendra Nordic only had 14 saves, not a lot of shots. But the other side, it's Sarah Peterson for Breck. She had 35 saves in the Breck loss. So, um, And then it sh- it's kind of weird how they marked it as that she only allowed five goals, but there was six. So obviously, that last one was an empty netter. So, but Hockey Hub did not. Oh, yeah, an empty net, and I did not read that properly. So anyway, long story short, Warrow comes and beats Breck, which on paper last year was like, holy mackerel, this should be a dynamite game. This year? Not so much. Not so much. Not, not so much. Not your mom or dad's uh, um, Breck anymore. No, the Mustangs uh, currently riding a six-game losing streak, still a threat, I think, in the postseason. We will get to that probably next week where I might shock some people with my pick for the oh, Section 5A champion. Is that a tease? That's uh, that's the teasiest of teases. I think I'm more impressed with the fact that Warroad outshot the Mustangs 41-18. to Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty crazy. I think so. Moving on into our third game review, Chisago Lakes and Gentry Academy. I tried to get into this game, but Chisago opens their media doors to the two local papers, so I was unable to make it up to Lindstrom. Uh, Gentry, boy, lays the hammer down on Chisago Lakes for a 7-1 to victory. Gentry scoring four times in the third period and outshot the Wildcats 36-14. to Chisago Lakes 0-5 for on the power play. Against a team like Gentry, you can't afford to go 1-5 for on the power play. You certainly can't afford to go 0-5 for with the player advantage. I think, if I had to guess, I would say this game came down to depth and I think Gentry's depth ended up winning out as evidenced by the late surge in goals. So a six-goal win over the number three team in Class 1A. Uh, I can't move Gentry up any farther. I suppose I can make them number 11 in Class 2A. Would that be considered Ooh, a step I like up? That. I like that idea. That's a new concept. Okay. Maybe we'll just maybe we'll just make a, a special 
a special ranking for Gentry. Well, they have the opportunity coming up this weekend as we'll come up with some of our upcoming games, so that might be the chance to, to move I can't up. wait to preview that one. I know. I'm kind of excited about it. You should be. One. It's a good one. I mean, it's it's fun because we still got some big games because there are tons of games. Is This is kind of a – this is the first full week in March, and it's kind of like the, the catch-up week. Everybody's packing it in yes, near the end well, of the regular season. Once, you know, Minnesota State High School League allowed three games – in March, and then that's the oh, by the way, we had a couple postponements during the season, and this is the catch up. So, yeah, um, so every day has been a lot of games. Um, so killer. One more game I want to mention that we talked about last week. Also, let me let me go back to our closest um, scores as we kind of we missed a part uh, on the Warroad uh, 6 4 victory over Breck. Todd picked 5 1 as a score, and Peter picked a 4 2 victory for the Warriors. So, which is closer to 6 to 4? Is it a 5 1 game or a 4 2 game? We may Selfishly, to, I'm going to say it's the four to two game. I know you're going to say it. Just I'm going to say it's the four to two game. Uh, okay, we'll have to I'll have to do the math on that one real quick. Aha! And the Gentry game, Todd picked that one to be a four nothing shutout for uh, the Stars. Peter picked a three two close one, so I think that one kind of goes my way, even though rub it in. Gentry went a little bigger, uh, better than I was anticipating. So, uh, moving on to our last game, like I said, Idana. Uh, played Wyzetta on Thursday, and Idana, I want to say, walked away with it because they were actually um, tied after the first period. Emma Connor and Sloan Matthews uh, traded off goals in the first period. And then uh, Idana's uh, Haley Maxwell got the second goal in the th- in the second period to get to 2-1 lead. And then Idana got two more in the second. In the third frame, uh, Emma Connor and Gwen Hendrickson to cap and ice the game for another late conference victory for the Hornets. I'm assuming they're conference champions at this point. I would say that's a pretty good guess at this juncture. I'm if assuming. I would peek at real quick, and I just happen to have those standings at a finger's notice, as I do see Idana, uh, number one in the late conference with a 9-0-0 record. And then I see Minnetonka in second place with a 5-2-2 two two record for second place in the lake. So that tells me that they probably just wrapped up the lake conference. If the Hornets hung banners for conference championships, do you think you could see the ice at Braemar? No. No, probably no. not. No, they'd have a separate room, I think, that would have all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, while we work out the logistics of Braemar being able to fit all of its champion banners into it, we'll move on. And first big game on the docket, we've got Benilde St. Margaret's, the Red Knights, taking out Wyzetta. The Trojans, Knights versus Trojans. It's a medieval battle. Oh my gosh, I never thought of that. I know. That's super. Benilde, 2 2 and 1 in their last five games. They close out the season against the Trojans. Why is that? A picked up a big win over Hill Murray last night. Could they be finishing the season hot like they did last year? Could. Let's bear in mind that. Four of Wyzetta's six losses have come against Tonka and Edina, who have just kind of beaten up on everybody. So this might be a closer game than it looks on paper. Todd, what do you think? Red Knights or Trojans? Uh, personally, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the Ladies of Troy. Okay. Because I feel like they are they're on a little bit of a hot streak. They have won six of the last eight games after a uh, their last loss was – well, they lost to Idana. Obviously, we talked about that, but they lost to Idana 7-1. Then after that, Idana lost. They kind of went on a hot streak. Uh, they did have a couple hiccups. They did lose in Minnetonka. They did lose to Idana, like we said, on thir- last Thursday. I have a feeling right now, because def- Benilde is a defensive team, but Wyzetta's more offensive-wise, I'm going to take Wyzetta with a 2-1 victory. You're going to take Wyzetta 2-1? 
Yep, I'm taking Wizzetta 2-1. I like that score. I don't like who you pick to win. Oh, yes. I'm going to take Benilde. I love it when we're opposite. Benilde 2-1. Because it messes with their stuff. I love it. Because why taking pick? that score. Because it's, it's, that's what makes it a good game when it's not the obvious. I think all of them, all, I think all four of these, we could be opposite. Are kind of off the beaten path. I know. That's what I love about it. I like it. Take us even further down the beaten, off the beaten path. Well, I'm going to take you further south than uh, on 35W, if you would. And that's some people, not a beaten path. No, it's not a beaten well, path. Compared get, to 94. To get over to Haas, you're going to have to take a beaten path. You're going <laughs> to take a left at You're going to take a left at... At the McDonald's, the McStop there. You're going you're gonna to pass about a million acres of farmland, and then all of a sudden there will be a gas station, and you're like, oh, I take a left here, and I go to Haas. Well, the funny thing is, growing up as a kid, so when we used to come to the cities, um, you know, because I'm a 507 kid, there was two big pieces that I knew when I saw that I was in the big city, big city lights, all right? One was the McStop, and second was Buck Hill. Once I saw those, then I know why I was in the big city. A McDonald's and a hill. Hey, that's not just hill. That's Buck Hill. Wow. So Buck not hill. even not even a skyscraper. You're talking a hill and a McDonald's. Hey, there is no skiing hills down <sighs> south. Let me tell you right now. Jeez. There's Mount Cato, but that's that's nothing to talk it about. It sounds like you were born and raised in a log cabin. I was close. I was close. And then Buck Hill, guess what? When we hit the Buck Hill off the beaten trail here, I knew that it was time to turn into one of my favorite radio stations, which at the time was KQRS. And I started listening to nothing but rock and roll as soon as I got the Buck Hill. Then I knew I was and in And then big you time. discovered running water, and you're yes. like, oh, my gosh, I've made it. It was amazing. <laughs> hey, speaking of running water, um, I wish it was running water at these rinks, but right now we're going to focus a little bit on that game that I said is right by the McStop. You turn at the McStop because we've got a big re- rematch up between Burnsville and Lakeville South. That was one where Burnsville lost that game 3-2. to two. That was at overtime. Burnsville. One in overtime. That was done by Taylor Otrumba. So here's what's going to go on. And that was a big game because it was back and forth. Of, you know, they were they were tied off the first, and then Burnsville, and then Lakeville South scored late in the third. Uh, again, it was Taylor, and then she got the overtime a shorthander to beat the Blaze. But since then, Burnsville has been on a nice little streak uh, as they are coming to. They regained first place. Since that Lakeville South, they have not lost. So that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games in a row. They have won. I think that's what the kids call a trend. Yes, that's a trend. So I think right now this is the second to the last game on the season for them. And since the standings are still showing that Burnsville is got a game, uh, they're just a game behind, ahead of them. I mean, wins and losses. So I really am feeling that Burnsville is on a streak, and I think they're going to keep that trend, as you say, uh, as they take on the Cougars. Even though it's not at the Blaze house, I still think that Burnsville is going to win this game. Wow, what's the score? What's the score of this game? I think, score? I think it's going to be another white knuckle. I'm going to say Burnsville is going to go 3-2. And I'd like that other nice thing is they've got they've been getting some scory punches. Olivia Carlson, a strong defender for Burnsville, has been getting in there. The Bulbies have been scoring. So I really feel, um, and obviously Whedon has been playing great in net. So I think Burnsville, they're going to take them down. I think they're, they're strong. They're hitting a groove right now. Obviously, eight games are all. But that's why I think Burnsville is going to take this one. Gotcha. I'm going to take Lakeville South. I don't think it'll go to overtime. I'll take Lakeville South four to one Ooh. over the. Wow. Blades. What's yeah. the What's the reason for the gap? Because I think a one nothing loss to Farmington kind of put a burr in Lakeville South's saddle. Mm. Oh. I think they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. A 
chip on the shoulders. I, mean, I think they're ready to go. I'm ready to go. Yeah, you should be. I that's 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 definitely one that could definitely be one that you want to peek at for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm going to take Lakeville South. Okay. Moving into our final big upcoming game. Uh, we've got two more. One. We got two more. What do you mean we have two we more? We have two more. Look at the board. There's two do more. Really? See, there's two more. My board doesn't look like your board. I know. That's why I put it on that board so that you see that board. There's a piece of paper, folks, that you can't see. Gosh dang. And then we also put it on the whiteboard so that way we also. So I'll tell you what, I'm going to take the next game so then you can get you ready for game number four. I got to oh. take some extra notes on game number four. It's okay. going to be a big one. All right. Well, that it is a big one. So I'm gonna give. I'm gonna maybe talk really slow. No, I'm not gonna talk slow because <laughs> that's not my that's not my cup of tea. It hit me, Warriors and Eagles. Yes. So the the funny thing about this is I'm I'm peeking through for some reason it's not showing where I thought it was going to show. So I'm going to just peek a little bit for some reason it's not showing. Wes also I got a little brain fart here. So I have Eden Prairie is going to be playing. There they are. Uh, so Warroad is doing their classic come to the cities and play some Metro teams, and they're going to be playing Eden Prairie on Friday. So that's where Warroad, the great clash between single A and double A. Warroad is obviously coming in on a, on a big hot streak. So that's why I think they have some super momentum. They have won. They've, they haven't lost since they lost to Gentry. That ten, last Ten straight wins for the Warriors. Yes, and they've been, you know, thumping teams, and they've been playing some close ones. You know, when they, they played Orno last week, they, you know, they came last week, and they beat Breck, and they beat Orno. So that was a good <clears throat> back to their coming to the cities and taking on the city teams and beat them. Then it'll be, before that, they were supposed to come down and play Hill Murray, but obviously that didn't happen. And then they went to the Wilmer. So I think – Right now, I think Warroad's coming in with a lot of momentum. I think they're going to be coming in in a strong. Ian Prairie, I'm a kind of a little hesitant about picking Ian Prairie in this game because I think even though Lake Conference gets them ready, and I think they've actually been playing really well the last couple of weeks, the record can throw you off a little bit. We had that time at the beginning of the season where we talked about them and Wyzetta, and they were both just having some difficulty getting out of the gate. And right now, Ian Prairie's lost their last two games. They lost to Holy Family and lost to Blake. So... I think even though this is a home game for the Eagles, I think Warroad's going to come in here. I think they're going to not going to thump them, but I think they're going to win convincingly. I say the Warriors are going to win four to one. Warriors four to one. Yep, that's what I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna throw this number out there. Throw it. Tell me if you think it sounds crazy. Okay. Eden Prairie's power play percentage is five point three. On the power play. Yeah, that's, that's less, their success rate. That's less than the Minnesota Wild on a professional that's, level. That's not very good. It looks like they've got three power play goals and 57 chances. Uh, if you're going to play a team like Ward, you got to capitalize with the player advantage. I am also going to take the Warriors. Not 4-1. to one. I'll take Warriors 6-2. to 6-2. We'll watch the Hendrickson and Hendrickson show. Oh, I think it's going to be on display for sure. And take Warriors six. I can see them if they if they get that. And then the great thing about this game is if they get that connection going right now, like they did last game, there's some things to happen. I, they had to go in against Breck, obviously, and so I think you know it's it's that sister sister, which I think is going to help them immensely. So um, that's definitely going to be in the in the favor. So good luck to them as they come down and have their their weekend in the cities as they like to do. Okay, are we on to our fourth game? We're on to our fourth game, Oh, yep. my gosh. Okay. I'll help you. What do you want to help the, with? That's the last time I'll screw up, I promise. No. Today or this week? Uh, <laughs> in the next, it's 12.55, so within the next five minutes, that's the last time I'll screw up. Let me set it up a little bit, because they'll give you an extra second to think. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, so the, the big game that we're talking about is Gentry is traveling to Pagel Arena to take on your Minnetonka Skippers. Okay, I got it. Okay. Now that I know who's playing. 
the number one ranked stars in Class A versus the number three ranked skippers in Class 2A. Ooh, this is going to be a big game. This is a sa- sleepy Saturday game. This is a Ooh, 2 p.m. Yeah, game like on a Saturday sleepy afternoon. Sleepy Saturdays. So yes. the team that gets off to the fastest start, I think, has the best chance to win this game. We're going to see a little bit like Chisago Lakes. I think Minnetonka is deeper than Chisago, and they have uh, a stronger defensive core than Chisago, but they're still fairly, I would call them top-line heavy. Their top line is accounted for uh, the vast majority of their scoring this season. So it'll be Gentry's depth versus Minnetonka's top-end talent. I'm going to take Gentry. <gasps> I'm going to take Gentry Academy. Stop it. I'm going to take him 3-2. Three, 3-2. Two. Three, two. I'm going to take Gentry 3-2. Wow. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna keep it really simple here. Okay. K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, stupid. Yep. Defense wins championships. Wow. How deep did you dig for that one? I deep. I, I deep because I think that Gentry does have the power horses because they do have – you know, they have so many girls that have got um, multiple points as opposed to, like uh, like you said before, some of those top, the, the one-liners, if you would, like the Chicago Lake that we talked about before. Uh, looking at their squad right now, they've got one, two, three, four, five, five players on their team. They've got 21 points or more. It's pretty good. And then on top of that, add four more gals. They've got points, more than 13 points. So right there it tells you, you know, uh, they definitely got the offensive power, but I really feel in this case, I think Minnetonka has the better defensive core. Plus, I think they have a better di- uh, goaltender in Bryn Dulock. So, oh. so that I'm I'm throwing the defense in there, and I'm going to go way off the board, and I'm going to say Minnetonka is going to win this one, one to nothing. One to nothing. One to nothing. Seems low. Pitchers. Pitchers. Pitchers duel. I thought about going two one. I really did, but I, I'm just going to go <laughs> off the board. Go really low. I'm gonna say Tom, the skipper is gonna win this one to nothing, and I really I'm sh- I'm shooting this out there for you. Whatever the victory song is in the locker room, please play Fleetwood Mac Dreams, please for me, Minnetonka. If you're listening, please do that. Don't play that song. You will play a different song. All right, uh, so we've we've covered our upcoming games. Now we're gonna do some mid bumps. And man, oh man, did we have some mid bumps? And it was kind of cool because within the last two weeks or so, there's been just tons of kids that have been coming coming to plateaus and benchmarks in their career. So I think it's been really cool for some of these seniors, especially that have got, you know, they're they're reaching that 100-point total, which I have a, a good handful that I'm going to throw at you. Uh, I'm going to I'm kind of rifle through these real quick because I don't want to beat everybody up with these numbers but because we have all, we have so much more to, to cover here in today's show. So let me sh- shoot through this real quick right now. Um, first of all, Jenna Lowry gets her second mid bump in two weeks. <laughs> Might be the first time we've had somebody that does it, but the numbers don't lie for themselves right now. Um, she had a goal and assist uh, in a 2 nothing victory over Matamida last week, and so that gave her 222 points for her career, 114 goals, 108 assists, which means that now she is number one all-time in Wildcat point record history. Wow. She took down, uh, didn't take down, but she surpassed Megan uh, Lushenko, I hope I say that right, who had 220 at the time. So congratulations to Jenna and being now the all-time CL Wildcat point holder. Minnesota and, Duluth getting a good one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, another one we'll throw at you, another uh, plateau that got reached was coach for Minnetonka Skippers, we just got a chatting about, uh, Tracy Cassano. She got win number 200, which Ooh. is now with Tonka because she was at Burnsville before, but um, a, a, quite a plateau for her. Oh, we got a little choked up there. <laughs> Too late to cough Are you button. dying? No, no, I just got an air bubble. Oh, but okay. the reason I got a little thing is she's the first female 
had coached to reach 200 wins. Really? Yes. Wait, no. Wait a minute. Is she really? Uh, that's what my my in source my info my intel research told me. So I'm going on that. So you can wow. research, make sure I'm correct. But um, my source does not lie. So Boy, she's been around forever. Yeah, 200 plus. It doesn't doesn't hurt when you get to Minnetonka and you're winning. You know, 20 plus games a year or 25 plus. So obviously this year is a little shorter, but it doesn't take you long to get to 200 when you're winning. You know, 25, 30 and games. You've coached season. for 16 years, so it looks like she was at Burnsville. For five years before coming to Minnetonka. Before that, she was at Chaska Chan for two years, and then Rosemount for the first five years. So Tracy's proven she can win all over the place. She's got a great situation in Minnetonka. Nice to see a female head coach achieve something so monumental is not the right world. So so concrete. Yes. Like 200 wins. You can point to that number and say, hey, that's real. And also it's nice to celebrate uh, during March. Why? Which is Women's History Month. Is it really? Yes, it is. Oh, my gosh. I'm learning so much today. So much. All right. So another gal that had a great uh, a monument or, or benchmark that she got to was uh, Ezra Oin. I think we pronounced – I'm pronouncing it right. I'm sure we'll get a, a phone call we or something will. telling Phone us call, direct wrong. message. Please let us know. I know Northfield now likes to, uh, Peter again because – Hit me on LinkedIn. <laughs> Sure, direct message works out better. But anyway, so Ezra, congratulations on your 100th point that you got uh, last week. She has 17 goals and 19 assists on the season. The thing that popped in my right away was that she is a 10th grader, and she already has got 100 points. So, yeah, I dug a little bit because that's what we do on the show. Dig. If I don't dig while I'm live on the tape recording. But, <laughs> but no, she played. She started uh, She started playing with the, the Huskies when she was an eighth grader. So she did have 100 points. And so congratulations to Ezra. Uh, another gal that got her 100th point uh, this past week was uh, senior uh, Maddie Seifert from Hutchinson. Uh, on Monday, she had two goals and they got beat by Orno, three to two. So she had the only two. But uh, kudos to her. She got her 100th point. Uh, she has 16 goals and, fifth, and five assists this year as she's leading the, the uh, Tigers of Hutchinson, so kudos to her. And last mid bump that we're going to throw at you just happened last night, so this is super cool. And Peter was still kind of checking the record books to see if this is the real deal. I'm Holyfield. pulling it up right. He's now. pulling it because I don't know if I trust. We want to we only give you some real deals, but Sydney Schuster of Stillwater. Now they had a uh, a big convincing win over Irondale uh, St. Anthony, but the big deal is that Sydney had six helpers in that game. So Which should, according to the State High School League's online record book, should tie her for the most assists in a game all time. All time. Uh, Jesse Aney from Rochester Century did it twice. Gabby Hughes from Centennial did it in 2016, as did Centennial's Annika Linzer. And Allie Qualley, the Brett graduate from oh, last yes. year, had six assists in a game last season. So if those numbers hold up, then Schuster has tied the all-time record for assists in a game. Congratulations, Sydney. That's awesome. I mean, it's one thing to – I mean, mind you, they had a lot of goals, but six assists. That's – I mean, I, I love the assist trick more it's than I do good. than a hat trick, and so she did double. So, nice job, Sydney, with the ponies. Boy, I'm exhausted after all of those mitt bumps, bro. I know. That was a lot of them. I, There's I ran, a lot of mitt bumps. I ran out of mitts. All right, so another one I'm going to throw at you. It's not more of a, a mitt bump. It's more of like a diamond in the midge, I'm calling it. <laughs> and I, I – I can't wait for it. You know what I have written down for this segment? What? Uh, Todd's goalie corner. Oh. Which is code for me to just hit mute and let you go oh, to town. So cute. So 
I won't give you the full story in this one, but it was so cool how he found this one. So basically it was we'd put up uh, uh, one of our finalists for player of the year was Haley Hansen, goalie from uh, Blaine. And we got a direct message saying, hey, make sure that you recognize uh, a certain player, uh, Jennifer Rupp from Iron. I apologize for that typo. Irondale St. Anthony, who had had seen 600 shots in the season, we're like, holy cow. And then I started thinking, I'm like, 600 shots is a lot. I'm pretty sure there's somebody that's seen more. And so I kind of went the back way, and I'm like looking at standings and figuring some goalies who have not got a victory or have some tougher seasons, they've seen a lot of shots because they've seen a couple of those 9 nothing, 10 nothing, 10-1 games. So I did a little digging. Sure enough, I found five gals who have had 600 or more shots this season. Yikes. So I dug, dug, dug. For example, we have uh, Alicia Kelly from Wasika, um, who has seen 623. Uh, Aliyah Grisius, who we talked once before from Monona. She was front runner so far. The one that is leading the, as far as I my research, is leading the state with 853 shots. Now, mind you, we talked about her earlier because she had a game and she got a mid bump because she had 86 saves. And I think it was a 4-1 loss to Rochester Century. But, it was something crazy. But 86 saves in that game. So also another one is uh, Lindsey Batts from uh, Armstrong Cooper. She has 634 shots. But the one that got my attention was Nettie Kimball from Bemidji. She has seen 740 shots. 740 shots. So in my record, she's got two of them. She's in second place, right? Mind you, you don't want to see a lot of shots. I'm like, well, let's just take a little bit. I'll click on her profile. Click on profile. All of a sudden, it shows that she has committed to to Franklin Pierce. Frank Pierce. So Frankie I'm like, P, so I'm like, wait a minute. This is the same Franklin Pierce that is going to have Geno Hendrickson on that forward line next year. So I'm like, I got to dig a little bit on this. So I looked a little bit. So I want to make sure I get some recognition recognition for Nettie Kimball, a senior at Bemidji. The season has not gone what they're expecting, but she definitely has – she's doing, I think, a lot more than people – maybe if you don't live in that area or on the Iron Range, you may not know about Bemidji and the program. They've had a tough season this year, but on her side, with all those shots, she's made 661 saves. 661 saves – She's made more saves than some of the gals have had shots on net. <laughs> Just think about that for a little bit. Her goals allowed is 4.89. Not awesome, but still. She's but what given, do you expect? She's I mean, given up less than five goals in a game. Shots, yeah. And then her save percentage is about is almost 90%. So kudos to her. So I had to peek a little bit. So I was like, I got to go a little further. So sure enough, so she committed verbally, not verbally, but she signed her letter on March 4. So officially, great picture of her and her folks uh, at Bemidji High School with the with the the axe. So she's officially going to be at Franklin Pierce. Now, mind you, this year, like we said, is has been a rougher year. Last year, the squad was a little bit uh, better record wise, I should say. Uh, last year, she was they were uh, ten and fifteen. She had a goals allowed of three three three. Her save percentage was about the same, about ninety percent. They lost her first game of the playoffs, but I want to make sure that she got a little recognized because she is that diamond in the midge. To get the midge, because Bemidji, the midge, sometimes people call him. I'm going to let you hang on to that. I'm going to do that. In, yeah, I, I certainly will. So, um, Nettie, uh, congratulations on I know it's been a tough year this year, but I want to make sure you get you congratulations on uh, your commitment and signing your intention, and you're going to do great things out there on the East Coast, which I believe we said was New Hampshire, correct? It's in New Hampshire. New Hampshire. It's in New Hampshire. I think we might be the biggest Frank Pierce University fans I think we. Sh- I think in we sh- the state of Minnesota. I know we are. There are two Minnesotans on the roster at Frank Pierce. Three, 
Well, Jenna Ruiz is technically a Wisconsin native, but she played her high school hockey at Egan. Brooke Remington. Yes. And I think the other one is Cassidy Jones. Uh, I was going to think it's Cassidy. Oh, that's Jones. not the one I wanted. I was Stillwater. Gonna look, I was going to look at my uh, sophomore. Anyway, I'll 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 lose time because I don't want to waste your time here, folks. Because I have a, a printout of my Franklin Pierce gals. But anyway, let's move on to uh, something that uh, frustrates the heck out of us. Um, out of both of us. Yeah, I did. And uh, once the no- the news came out about the um, uh, Gophers and the Elite Eight in the women's uh, collegiate uh, ice hockey bracket if you would so basically there's eight teams going to be in the quarterfinals and that's it there's not going to be sections there's not going to be regions it's going to be here's your top eight and these are the eight playing for the championship um and the one that burned us a little bit was the fact that mind you we didn't have a championship last year that kind of got interrupted with the whole uh pandemic and stuff a little bit so here we are so we're like okay we've been gone for a couple years with this and so minnesota some reason didn't get one of those top eight spots the number five team in the country. And number five, and I'm going to also throw at this too, and this is part of our, our, our frustration. So there's a my son who doesn't really follow women's hockey or girls' hockey. You better shame him into following We small him. talked a little bit about the fact that the Gophers got let off, and all of a sudden, you know, he's a researcher. He's got quick handheld device in his hand, and he pops up. He goes, do you know the Gophers are number five in the country? I go, yes, I do. He goes, but they didn't make the tournament? I go, no, they did not. So what gives? Peter's got some numbers that really quantify this. You go, what the heck is the committee thinking to snub the women gophers? I honestly don't know. So from my very rudimentary research, it looks like they swept UMD, who has the number five seed, and they split two wins and two losses with Ohio State, which captured the number three seed. Their record on paper doesn't look great. It's like 11-8-1. That's not... You know, a super-duper record. No. But the strength of schedule, I thought, would have carried the Gophers. Obviously, they lost uh, each time to Wisconsin. But every – well, they went 0-3-1 and in four games against Wisconsin. But everybody loses to Wisconsin. Wisconsin went 14-3-1. So leaving the Gophers out, numbers-wise, doesn't make sense. You're going to tell me that the Gophers, over the last five years – last five tournaments played have won the national championship twice and finished as runners up once so three out of the last five tournaments they've advanced to the final you would think that the pedigree would be enough to get them one of the eight spots you would think and this also isn't going to be a great look considering that the Frozen Four is going to be on ESPN and your most recognizable program, and I think you could make an argument that the University of Minnesota is the most recognizable college women's program in the country, won't be there. They'll be sitting on their couch watching somebody play somebody. Somebody play somebody. Somebody play somebody. Now, mind you, if you're on the East Coast, you're probably barking, you're barking the other direction. Don't get me wrong. You're probably saying, hey, if if you really break it down, it really is a is a battle between West and East, and mind as you, it always has been, and it has been, and it's and it's it really is split down the. If you use Ohio is your dividing line, you're dividing your, your Mason Dixon line. Thank you. You've got Northeastern, which I know is a powerhouse on the East Coast. You've got one of the Boston's, which you know you're going to get one of the Boston's for sure. Usually, usually BU, but BC is kind of a little bit of a surprise. But you got Robert Morris, and you got Colgate on the East side, and you got UMD, OSU. Ohio State, uh, Wisconsin. Oh, I forgot Providence is over there. And then you've got Wisconsin. So, wait a minute. You've got five. You have five east because you got Providence in there. 
So it's five and three. So you're East heavy on this one. Yeah. Which is even more spellbounding on top of that. And I broke you, it out on, on air. They're live. So Northeastern's the number one overall seed. They didn't play Wisconsin. Nope. They didn't play Ohio State. Now, mind you, that's going to play Minnesota Duluth. And the men's are going to be in the same ball. Because you're only playing conference games. You didn't get a chance to play anybody else. And so the season's going to be way out of whack because you're going to have teams playing only Big Ten teams. You're going to have teams only playing the Hockey East. And they're not going to, how you compare the number one team in the Hockey East versus the number one team in the Big Ten. Mind your rankings, your strength of schedule, all that pops into it. But still, how you leave the Gophers out of this mix when you know they're they're one of your your top three teams in the country, and when they've lost, mind you, they didn't do well against the Badgers this year. But that's like saying, "Hey, I know that you uh, your record is eighteen and two this year, and both lost to Udana. You can't go to the state tournament." Like, yeah, I mean that's basically what it's a slap in the face. I think that's an apt comparison. I just obviously we don't know all of the inner workings of the committee, and we're not going to go down the. I saw a tweet yesterday that was talking about the how the selection committee has people from umd and one of the east coast schools they according to bruce siski who would probably know better than anyone oh a, for sure he's a, a, a media guy, guy up yep. in duluth he said that they do recuse themselves from discussions about their teams and i don't think you can find an ncaa committee when it comes to any sport about these postseason tournaments that doesn't have someone from a school in question on them so i'm not gonna spout conspiracy theories about keeping Minnesota out. I think it's a bummer. The fact that it's going to be on ESPN and the most recognizable program isn't going to be there. I guess that's just kind of how it shakes out. And my final point is expand the tournament. The time has come. It went from four to eight Mm -hmm. within the 2005 season. It's time to move to 16 teams. Do the old four regions. Time to move to 16 teams. West, East, Midwest, and whatever you want to call it, Southwest. Yeah, but then some teams that don't deserve to go are going to go. I would rather have sacrificial lambs make it to the state. State state tournament. I would rather have sacrificial programs move on to the national tournament than leave off a team like Minnesota ranked in the top five. And there we go. I have officially wiped my brain of all anim- animosity towards this situation, but I think we should share our picks because oh, we sure. have both filled out a bracket. Yep, for all of the games. Yes. So, Todd, why don't you go ahead? All right. Uh, I I only have one upset if you go strictly by seeds. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go. I mean, I'm kind of a homer. Uh, plus, I also know that they have a lot of Minnesota girls who are strong. So, I'm gonna go with obviously the number one. So, Northeast Northeastern UMD. Buckeyes and Badgers are going to be in the Frozen Four. Okay. And then after that, I've got UMD upsetting the number one team. And then I got the Badgers, who I don't think will have any troubles beating Ohio State. And then I know on paper that the Badgers are probably the better of the two teams, but I cannot pick the Badgers because I don't like the Badgers in any sport. So I'm picking the Bulldogs to win the championship. Nope. You just swore on our podcast. I'll bleep it out later. So we have the exact same bracket, except I picked Wisconsin to beat Minnesota Duluth. It's right there. Great minds think alike. Gosh dang it. Oh, well. Yeah, I didn't pick up any. I didn't pick any upsets either. I got Northeastern, Minnesota Duluth, Ohio State, and Wisconsin in the Final Four. Minnesota Duluth and Wisconsin 
advancing to the finals. And then I've got Wisconsin taking home. We can make it interesting because if we just go straight picks, that's kind of basic. But if you add the closest two, then we can put scores in there and that'd make it interesting. Oh, I don't want to do that. That would yeah. require so much more research. I know. That's what makes it fun. You I don't want to play closest to the hole on this you, one. You, are you gonna, how much research you have to do on Northeastern beating Robert Morris University? Watch. Come, ro- okay, come you on. know what? Nobody thought Holy Cross would beat the Gopher men oh, that year. And Lord Holy have. Cross beat the Gopher men. Dear Lord. Have one mercy. of the happiest memories of my childhood. <laughs> that hurts my brain. Mr. We're on the home stretch. Let's uh, let's stretch. Let's take, let's take it home. Okay. Questions. Our three questions are coming up. This is going to make us feel good. Know about Peter, and then maybe he'll be able to tone himself down, if not drink his last bit of his nitro coffee. That he's I've still got sit. half a can. Oh, you're set fine. Jet pack. Two more shows. All right. Question number one. Peter, what is your favorite ice cream treat? Neapolitan. Really? Neapolitan. See, I was going just strict like a treat. Like if you go to Dairy Queen and you're like, I want to oh. get a, but you're going flavored. That's that's fine. If you want to oh, go flavored. If that's... you want to go ice cream treat, um, there's a strawberry crunch bar. I don't, I have no idea who makes it, but there's a strawberry crunch bar with strawberry ice cream in the middle and it's got weird like strawberry cake on the outside. Oh, right. Yeah. Either that or a frozen or a Twix ice cream bar. Oh. Yeah, interesting. I'm, I was going, you know, strict uh, blizzards, but no. the butterscotch. Um, well, I can't think of it now. The um, Butterfinger Blizzard. Butterfinger Blizzard is amazing too. I'll go there. Uh, okay. Dilly Bar, the butterscotch Dilly Bar. Oh, handheld butterscotch on the outside, ice cream in the middle, vanilla, soft serve, drop dead, awesome. <laughs> Question number two: Chicken of choice, Chick Fil A or Canes? Which is your favorite? <sighs> Just those two. Don't compare anybody else. Just those two. I gave you ten bucks. You go either one of those Gosh, stores. Where would you go? See, food wise, it's Chick Fil A, but I don't like their or- owners, so I'm gonna go Raising Cane's. Okay, I'm gonna go Raising Cane's. Cane sauce is amazing. You could just chug cane sauce up. is amazing, and their owner has a fun story. Yeah, very true. Named after his dog. That's right. Good point. Yeah, race because he's Raising Cane's. That's the full name of the store. Raising Cane's. I'm taking Raising Cane's. Okay. Uh, ditto here. Rainy day activity. Since we're sitting here, and I know you're working hard today, but I know there's going to be a part of your day where you're like, I want to go. <laughs> Let's just say Peter wasn't working, and it's a rainy day. What okay. would Peter like to do on that rainy day? I would like tomato soup. I would yep. like a grilled cheese sandwich. Mm. Nice and brown on both sides. Your mom and- makes a good... Uh, grilled cheese sandwich. My mom makes a heck of a grilled cheese sandwich. She That's puts the mayonnaise on there and everything. Yes. So I want a grilled cheese sandwich. So interesting. I want a grilled cheese sandwich. I want tomato soup, and I want to watch The Breakfast Club. Oh, that's right, The Breakfast Club. I want to watch an 80s movie, and I want to eat a grilled cheese sandwich and drink tomato soup. Which character in Breakfast Club would you be? Would I be? Which of them? Definitely the nerd. What's his name? Brian. Brian. His name's Brian. <laughs> Anthony Michael Hall. I wear the required uniform. <laughs> Tights. You wear tight. Shut up. Yeah, the required <laughs> uniform. Yeah, you wear tights. I love that movie. Oh, my gosh. Folks, thanks you so much for hanging in there with us. I hope you've enjoyed the show. We've we've definitely hit all cylinders. Every aspect, every up and down. Banner year at the Bender household. Yeah, that's right. That's what you get for pilling paint, uh, spilling, spilling paint, paint in the garage. <laughs> Did I stutter? All right, now we're getting crazy. So thanks, Peter, for everything today. We're getting crazy. The nitro's wearing off. This is Todd Hawk. Thank you for listening to Her Ice because it's not his ice. And it never will be. So take care of yourself. Stay dry today and take care of each other. We'll see you next time. Used to keep it cool. Used to be a fool. All about the bouncing master. Watch it on the news. What you gonna do? I could hit refresh and forget. Used to keep it cool.